Big show today. Welcome to Active Discourse, the multi-platform technology podcast. I'm Bo, and I'm considering learning origami. And I'm Brett, and I have not yet folded under pressure. Moving on from puns. (laughs) (laughs) Big day, big day. (laughs) It's a huge day. Uh, We got a bunch of stuff to follow up on, so let's start there. You were kind of wondering about Windows 11. Yeah, do your devices support it? We talked a little bit about this on a previous episode, and basically it shook out my desktop does not officially support it because I have a 6th gen uh, CPU uh, from Intel. And uh, I didn't quite know about my laptop at the time, so I checked into it. I do also have a 6th gen Intel on my uh, laptop, and both devices have TPM 1.2. Those both maybe could be worked around. I'm sure there's some way to just get Windows 11 to install, but uh, I'm waiting until the official release to do that. So nothing really concrete, but the way it looks is that uh, neither my desktop or the laptop are uh, something that uh, Microsoft wants to encourage me to install it on. Interesting. Yeah, when it officially gets released... It will be curious to find out whether or not you have uh, the capability to uh, hack it onto your computers because they've gone on record saying that you should not be able to install Windows 11 if you don't have TPM 2.0. So um, I guess it's up to them to see how how hard they lock that down. And I don't know. Will you be upset if you can't get Windows 11? It'll be a bit of a bummer. Uh, Something I also would want to look into is if... uh there's some way to get TPM 2.0 enabled on my desktop or laptop because I think it's a BIOS thing. Uh, so maybe there's an update of some sort. I'm not sure. And you're not going to install a beta OS, so you're not even going to touch it until it's officially released, right? Yeah, I mean, it's I could. Um, just, yeah, not really diving into that right now. Okay, next up on follow-up. This is hilarious to me. Go on with the uh, OV loop follow-up. Huh? All right, all right. Oh, my so. God. <laughs> All right, I picked up this OV Loop, right, which uh, I basically got because Samsung has not actually even removed, but they have disabled MST, their MST technology in uh, the U.S., uh, which is kind of where it's needed most, if you ask me. But uh, basically, MST allows Samsung phones to work on swipeable credit card machines by using tap to pay on your phone because the U.S. is kind of far behind in in picking up, you know, tap to pay and stuff like that. So I got it for that reason. So I could carry around this little card instead of, uh, you know, because of the phones, Samsung's new phones aren't going to have it. Well, I finally got it. So I did receive the actual thing, which is great. It didn't turn out to be one of those, you know, Kickstarter uh, products that yeah. never materializes. Yeah. And it does function. I connected it to my phone and I got my card and everything in it. However, I cannot set the card as the primary card for the OV loop. So I can't really use it unless I <laughs> add uh they have their own card essentially. But I'm not I think I would have to load money into that and use that as the card um or or pay that off or something and I haven't decided if I'm going to do that. <laughs> uh, so it's I can't like directly use my primary credit card for it, which is sad because, you know, I have benefits on that card, like money back and stuff like that points. So sounds like the dream is dying. Slowly, the dream is, but surely. is slowly dying. 
the the actual physical card with tap to pay I can use in some places, and so maybe this was, maybe just maybe this was a bit of an overreaction on my part. <laughs> it's, it's something fun to try. So. Yeah, but I'm I'm glad I can do this uh, very critical, very important work for our listeners figuring out if this <laughs> this OV loop device is is worth it. Yeah. Sounds like it's not a glowing recommendation just yet, but I think it'd be great, you know, if you if you're okay with setting it up with their card for now while they get bank support and card support and things like that. It's early, very early right now. They just got through uh, like pre-orders and kind of the the Kickstarter phase of funding the thing, and then now it's out now they're they've got the app and they're you know all that's the foundation's kind of there so from here it's really up to them to get bank support and get a broader uh, range of of customers in there and everything so tbd on how they how they go from here all right well we'll check in on on that again in a few months when uh, uh <laughs> to see how it goes because if it doesn't change much it's probably dead after a few months but we'll see we yeah. shall see yeah all right, so Pixel 5a as well. So there's a new device from Google that came out. What do you think? I think it's interesting. So it's uh, I don't think Google has really done this before where they more or less just rebranded a phone they were selling for the last year um, as a new phone, which is a fine choice, especially if the original was basically super functional. So last year they released a 4A, they released a 4A 5G, and then they released a Pixel 5, basically all at once. Um, I think the 4A came out slightly earlier, but um, they announced them all at the same time. So essentially what they did is they took the 4A 5G and just called it the 5A. Uh, It's a much more straightforward name, uh, which is good. Um, And it basically has the exact same processor, nearly the exact same screen, a little bit of a smaller battery, um, and it's a little cheaper than the 4A 5G, but I will note it's more expensive than the 4A. So it's, I think the 4A last year was 350 and this one's retailing at 450 and it's, you know, about 50 bucks cheaper than the 4A 5G. I'm still easy to recommend, even though I would like I still do want Google to keep on trying to hit that 300, 350 price point because that is such a great, easy to recommend price point where you don't have to think too much about it and, you know, just pick it up. But this is still pretty easy to recommend since, you know, 450 is much cheaper than a thousand dollars that or $1,700. Um, it's, it's a lot cheaper. So very true. <laughs> but prior, prior to us recording, you mentioned that there was a overheating issue uh, with the previous 4A 5G when you're recording at 4K 60. And this surprises me because I remember a couple of years back, there was an issue with recording at 4K 60. And apparently that's still a thing, huh? Yeah, this is actually on the 5A uh, where this is an issue. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. It might have been on previous ones, but it's on the 5A. So when you're recording at 4K 60, the phone, it's within a few minutes. I guess I don't know the exact time range, but basically it's going to tell you that the phone is getting too hot and it needs to stop recording until the phone cools down. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I believe my stepdad actually has that issue with his um, OnePlus 9, and that is powered by the 
Snapdragon 888. But that makes sense because I've heard that that's a very hot and inefficient processor. So yep. it kind of makes sense for that. But this is using an older 765G processor, which was supposed to be known for being you know more power efficient than it is. But apparently, you know, recording at 4K 60 is still a tough thing for Android phones, which just yeah, it's still me. really demanding. And but maybe it is something in the software, but far as i know there's no uh nothing pointing toward the actual cause so i don't don't know if that'll uh get fixed it might uh but even so i think other than that the phone like you said it's super easy to recommend it's probably the most recommendable phone in terms of android with a few other uh close seconds through just tied ties at first so very good phone and pretty good price point yeah and there will come a day that i try android again um i don't think this will be the device because 450 is a little too expensive for just a a toy had the four the 4a last year had that had wireless charging i probably would have picked that up but it doesn't and there's very few devices at this price point that get reliable software updates that have everything that i'm looking for in just a simple android phone so uh this still won't be it for me since it doesn't have wireless charging and it's just a little too expensive but if you're looking for a primary device this is easy to recommend so i have a teaser and then follow-up from our bonus episode so first teaser i'll have this as the album art for this part of the show i am done developing the first version of sneaker tracker and that will be on the App Store at launch for iOS 15. And in the show notes, I will have a link to the test flight build should you want to install it. It requires iOS 15, but if you want to try it out, you can try it out and we will talk about it later. And track your sneakers. I have been tracking my sneakers and it has worked out quite well. That is called dog fooding and it's highly recommended. <laughs> Use the use the apps that you want to build. That is how I built this app. So, all right. Next up, uh, I want to have a quick follow up, which is the iPhone 10 in 2021. This is my four, nearly four year old phone that I switched to at the end of July last last month, and now we're at the end of August, basically, pretty close to it anyway. So I've been using my iPhone 10 for a month. I am so surprised by how strong this phone actually still is like the battery is a little weak but it's a four-year-old phone i can tell that the iphone mini is faster but it's kind of hard to notice in day to day the camera's fine i've taken a couple shots in broad daylight and it works great low light isn't great but i knew that it's not my primary camera i don't know how i feel about the size i like the size when it's in my hand at work but i don't like the size when i am scrolling reddit before bed I like the size of the smaller phone in in bed, and uh, the size of the larger phone during the day is good. What's interesting, though, is I I drop it a lot more. I hardly ever dropped my iPhone mini, but I notice that I randomly lose grip on my iPhone 10 constantly, and it it's it's noticeable because it's it's heavier and it's bigger, and that's not something I ever ran into with the iPhone mini. So yeah, it's it's interesting, but. All this to say is that this little experiment has me second-guessing my plans for the fall a little bit. I haven't actually yet sold my iPhone mini. I'm still planning on trading it in um, instead of selling it myself. And, you know, what with the uh, uh, trade-in deals that are happening over the course of the last week for a different device. But I don't know. Like, if 
I'm going to run down a decision tree because if there really is nothing different about the next iPhone mini and if the battery life and it's only battery life, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. Um, I know I can't run my iPhone 10 for the next year, but I also don't know exactly what I'm going to do next. So that's something we're going to talk about next time. So, yeah, the good to know the, the the phone uh, situation is for both of us. It's like well, until today for me, I suppose, which we'll get into in a second. But yeah, it's like spoilers. We just needed the 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 right thing to trigger us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's almost as if we need something big to inspire a change here. So let's let's dive into the main topic today, huh? So what inspired me? Is that the question for today? <laughs> uh, what's what's the big change that inspired yeah. you finally? <laughs> all right. So uh, as we all know, Samsung had an event uh, when, let's see, that was on the 11th? Yeah, it was, like, it was a week or two ago, yeah. That was forever ago. It just fades from memory. So Samsung <laughs> had an event uh, unpacked in the fall, and uh, they announced several devices, including the Galaxy Watch 4, which is the first one to have the new Google slash Samsung Wear OS. And they also announced a pair of foldable phones, one of which was the Galaxy Flip 3, a Z Flip 3, and the other was the Galaxy Z Fold 3, one of which I bought. Ooh. Let's... Let's start at the Flip 3, because I think we're going to have fewer opinions about the Flip 3 than anything else today. So starting there, the Flip line has never been super interesting to me, other than for nostalgia. It looks like it's kind of fun. I would imagine a lot of people would you know, see that on the on the street and say, oh boy, look at that thing. That's weird. And But then in which case, it's just a Galaxy S21 with more steps, in my opinion. It, it So it feels like a fun tech demo, but it doesn't really seem to have a ton of other unique features, quite like the Fold 3, where you could do legitimate multitasking on it. What's your opinion on the Flip 3? I'm I, Honestly, I love the Flip 3. Oh. I... I watched the event that day, and when I got through their announcements for both of the phones, I really came away saying, oh, thank God, phones are getting fun again. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm so glad that Samsung is going down this road, because phones for, for quite a while, and we've talked about this quite a bit on the show, is that phones have, in a lot of ways, become pretty boring. They're just mostly flat slabs of glass with a little metal thrown in there or plastic depending on what you're getting and there's not really all that much that's fun in terms of design anymore you can get a few different colors and whatnot but for the most part they're all pretty much shiny rectangles and so the the flip three uh in particular i i think some of it is nostalgia that it feels like a flip phone from the olden days ye olden days but at the same time, it's really fun, though. Like, it's got the colors, and it's got... They had some interesting cases and, and kind of straps that you could put on it. But the form of it is so cool. I've been thinking about it and looking at my phone, which is a Galaxy S9 Plus, and thinking it's basically that, but it can fold in half. And just how cool that actually is like it's really really catching up to me in terms of the idea and the concept of it 
I thought it, I always thought it was more than a gimmick that it will catch on eventually this sort of thing whether it's folding or a rollable or some sort of thing where it's not just kind of a static size so the, the flip three really actually is the one that I think is going to catch on with more people than the fold yeah and I would think I would agree with that too since it's so much cheaper but do you other than pocketability because pocketability does make sense but do you think it's purely just a nostalgia purpose or do you think there's like a functional thing with the flip three that people would say that's really cool and different than just an s21 that doesn't fold and is more durable is there a functionality thing there that should make it catch on i i don't think these are just nostalgia i think they're really cool and i think there's stuff you can do with a foldable that you wouldn't be able to do with normal kind of traditional smartphone like you can do some stuff where you kind of fold it into a right angle and you can set it down and take a picture and it's got some interesting camera features that work with that yeah that is pretty so some of it is the features that they put on the phone to take advantage of the form yeah that is that is pretty sweet that that could be fun i I, I want to talk a lot more about the Fold 3 because I think that the multitasking, like recently while I was, you know, just thinking about the Fold 3, and I've thought about the Fold, uh, the Z Fold for a while now, where I thought um, that it would be a lot of fun to have, like, try to try to do as much of your job on a phone and try to take some of the, the work away from the laptop where you have Outlook in one side and you're composing an email in the other side, similar to what you would do at a desktop or similar to how you would act on a um, iPad. But the, uh, the Flip doesn't necessarily have that because it's basically the exact same screen size. It's a little taller, um, but it doesn't have any special multitasking modes but that said though i get, as you said with the fo- with the photography that definitely has a very unique aspect to it that definitely could be a lot of fun i also hope in the in the future that the future versions of the fold have a much larger screen i'm happy that the outside screen now this time is bigger than the previous one because the previous one was unusable um this one is definitely much more usable but i still think that mm-hmm. there's some some possibility there like if the entire outside of the dis- of the phone uh, the top edge of it basically was also a screen um, that could make you know a few things more usable. I would I could imagine um, what Snapchat and TikTok could be totally fine on an outside screen that's still bigger than what we what the Flip Three has. So that that has a lot of possibility. And I, I do think that the the Flip definitely does have the most capability to catch on. I mean, who knows? Maybe in a year or two, Samsung comes out and I, I can't remember what initiative they announced a couple of years back, but they announced some big initiative that probably said something like along the lines of every phone going forward is going to have two cameras or something like that. And I could see them, you know, announcing sometime in the future saying every phone is going to have some form of foldability. I could see them doing that at some point. I think there's, like I said, there's a few technological things to solve, but I, I can easily see the flip replacing the S series and the fold replacing the note series, which has already begun. So the, the fold has some really cool kind of software stuff that they're they're putting in there. So multitasking is a big deal. It's the first fold to support uh, the S Pen. And so there's some stuff in the software for using the S Pen, as well as you can actually pin a dock to the side of the screen. I really like that a lot. Yep, which is going to make this a pretty huge productivity device, actually, Um, more than the Fold already was, because Samsung already was kind of the king of multi-window on Android. So it's going to have 
a lot of productivity features, multi-window, having the dock there with all your uh, pinned applications or your recent applications right there, um, similar to a lot of, uh, I guess, kind of like Mac OS or Windows or, or Chromebook. There's a lot of software stuff in there that's going to make the Fold 3 with its huge internal screen of 7.6 inches very, very useful. That concept right there is the sweet spot between the iPhone mini and the iPhone max to me. I every so often play with the idea of like, well, maybe I should just get an iPhone max and just deal with the fact that it's a bigger phone. Because even though I love the size of the mini as a phone, if I treat it like a small tablet, that could, you know, be fine. But at the same time, I really don't, I don't like that idea of always having a giant screen and having no other choice. And I think that the fold series is really great mixing device essentially where you can have a small screen if you want and you can have a big screen if you want and you just have to switch back and forth uh do you know if it has decks it should right it does have decks yeah i think it's the flip that does not okay so that also adds another layer here where not only can it be a a small like narrow phone that you could use when you want to use a small narrow phone. It can also be like a pseudo tablet and it can also be a desktop. Yeah. That's pretty freaking cool. Um, and that is where we should be getting to. It's got pretty good hardware for that too. I mean, it's got 12 gigs of Ram. What, what CPU did it have? It's not listed. Eight, 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 eight. So the, a lot of the, the hardware there is good enough for, you know, if you consider it kind of a mini, PC. So it has what you would need there for kind of multitasking and handling a lot of stuff that you would do on that type of device. So using it in both form factors, yeah, totally doable. I can see that easily being a, a favorite uh, feature of it. And and here here's some other stuff too, kind of going back to hardware, is these are actually the first foldables that have water resistance. Yeah, it's interesting that they don't have dust resistance, but yet somehow they have water resistance. From what I understand, I believe the dust, the lack of dust resistance is because there can still be dust that gets in underneath the display, but everything internally is sealed off, at least from water ingress. So that's, that is very interesting. I, I wonder what it'll take for them to get dust resistance, because they'll need that someday. The other interesting thing is what Samsung gives you a free screen replacement if you break it within a year, right? Uh, I believe they do. Yeah, and that, well, the the uh, pre-order too. You can get a year of uh, Samsung Care for free. Yeah, that's cool. Um, quick question: What do you think about the under-display camera on the inside? So I haven't seen it in person yet, but I've seen a few pictures. Uh, so I'm gonna withhold kind of the in-depth discussion of it until I actually have it. But okay. I've seen a few different pictures, and I can. I can say with confidence that it depends hugely on the angle that you're looking at the display at. So I've actually gone into Best Buy and seen it, by the way. You you have? I have actually seen it. Yep. Okay. So having seen it in person, what do you think of it? Yeah. And I'd be, and we'll talk about this again. um, And I'm going to be curious to know if you, uh, if it jumps out at you from my experience looking at it, if it's on a white screen or a really light background, it, kind of hurts to look at um it kind of has like this halo effect on it and that's specifically in a white 
a white screen and that's probably just you know the, whatever the technology needs to do where it just has a really tough time um showing pure white because it has to show the blue the red and the green and whatnot and it just i think it overcompensates to show i think red and blue in that color combination is really hard on the eyes um but on colored backgrounds or on non-white backgrounds so if you happen to run it in dark mode more frequently than not you'll never see it i don't think and yeah it uh it, it blends in pretty well in that in those environments yeah so for those who are who aren't aware uh or haven't heard it's an under display camera and probably one of the first really usable ones it it really what it, the way they do it is they have a camera under the screen obviously the camera needs a way to see out <laughs> so right. they basically have they still have pixels above the camera but it's not nearly as dense of an array of pixels as what the rest of the screen is so the pixel density is really low there's like a few pixels above it really that light up and so the camera when the camera activates those pixels go off and then the camera is able to see out but it does have pixels in front of it so it is going to make the camera a little less crisp i see this around a lot where the android community is trying to get rid of notches as much as possible and i don't think it's nearly as big of an issue in the iphone community i i don't give a crap about the notch on my iphone any one of them um because it, it just blends in with the device itself it's it, if you think about it from the perspective of you get more screen like the the top edges you get more screen instead of you know having the display stop right above it's fine like it completely dissolves in my eyes but for whatever reason i feel like the android community absolutely hates the little hole punches or notches or whatever they absolutely hate it and that's why this exists because i would i would say a vocal minority oh sure wants to get rid of the i don't think by any means it's unanimous there's some people who don't give a crap about the punch hole in either manufacturer but uh, and i i think so did you feel that way when the notch first came around yeah I, I thought it was weird, but after using it uh, maybe for about a month or so, I I don't remember. If, well, we didn't have this podcast at that time. I remember feeling like it doesn't matter to me. It's over. It's it's a notch. I'm happy with Face ID because it unlocks so freaking fast and it's so much more uh, convenient than Touch ID that I was just like, yeah, it gives me the capability to have Face ID. It's fantastic. So I would say this, this under-display camera would probably end up for a lot of people doing the same thing you might see it and notice it more at first but especially after a month that's quite a bit of usage so i could totally imagine it going away and i'm not expecting myself to notice it much with this phone there's also the fact because it folds there is a crease down the middle and so for some people that's been noticeable and for others uh, it hasn't been. So I'll have to see how, how much I notice that. I'm, again, expecting that to fade away the more I use it and not really expecting it to be an issue, especially given the type of phone it is. Until they kind of find the magic glass that can fold without a crease, I, I, this is just kind of the way it is. And, and for all the other coolness of the fact that it's a folding phone... 
I'm okay with that. Yeah, totally. I think that the crease is going to be totally fine because yeah, it's, it's literally a reminder. Like this is technology that didn't exist like three right. years ago in <laughs> the public. And now I have it in my hands. It's fantastic. So that's cool. Like we're kind of sp- uh, bearing the lead here. You bought things. I did. Let's talk about what you bought. <laughs> okay. So we've talked about the flip and we've talked about the fold. So we've had this long suspenseful moment here. <laughs> Which one did yeah. I buy? <laughs> yeah. Gee, I so, wonder. <laughs> yeah. I ended up buying the fold. <laughs> we probably yeah, yeah, did yeah. spoil it at one moment in there. Yeah. Or a couple. Yeah. So I ended up buying the fold. And I'm I'm actually trading in uh, my S9 Plus for the fold, as well as an older Samsung watch that I have, which is a Gear S3. And I sent Brett a picture <laughs> that had, it broke down the cost of the whole thing. And Samsung was really generous about trade-ins for these devices they were actually allowing you to trade in up to four devices that's crazy uh as well as having if you registered uh for the event uh, for a pre-order then you got uh, extra money off plus they have like veteran discounts and education discounts and all this crazy stuff so it would not be i mean i i saved like 750 bucks off the fold three which is pretty huge considering it's like an $1,800 device uh, at MSRP. And I ended up getting the 512 gigabyte version of it. And I found out, so uh, when I had told you that 512 was actually cheaper, that was because you get a $200 Samsung credit when you, I think that was the re- one of the registration bonuses. And $100 of that goes toward the 512 if you decide to get that. Which brought yeah, that down right. cheaper. And then I still had $100 credit to use on the accessories or whatever. That is yet another device that you own that I very much look forward to seeing as soon as possible. That that thing is going to be so sick. Um, seeing it in, in Best Buy just last week, it was... Uh, yeah, I mean, after you sent me that text, I was like, well, I still have an iPhone mini. Let's go see what... Uh, um, what I got. So, uh, here we are. I bought a fold too. No, I didn't actually. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I can't keep that up. Oh um, man. I was expired. I was excited there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really, I really thought about it because, uh, Best Buy does a similar deal. And I think, um, when I scoped mine out, I was able to, uh, figure out how to snag like the 256, I think for like 900 bucks somehow. Um, I didn't get any accessories. But yeah, I was definitely did think about spending nine hundred dollars on a full three, <laughs> but not not today, not today. I'm excited. I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. I also saw that you got an S Pen. So, uh, you've never owned a Note. Um, uh, are you excited about getting the S Pen functionality? I do have an S Pen for my uh, Tab S six, uh, so I have used the pen on a Samsung device, uh, and I've used uh, that S Pen. Does have some some of the like gesture features and things like that. There are two pens that are compatible with the fold. I don't remember the flip head pen compatibility. I think it was just the fold. So the, the fold has two pens that are compatible with it. There's uh, the S pen fold, I believe it's called. And then the S pen pro for the fold. And the pro basically has the gesture features and things like that, that require Bluetooth and all that. The S pen fold uh doesn't have any of that so you i don't think you even need to charge it it's you just use it as a pen so i did pick that up and uh the 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 bummer thing about it is that obviously on the fold 
there's nowhere to stow it away. There's no slot to insert the pen into. It's not built in like it was on the Note series. That one's interesting, and, and that's fine. I mean, that makes sense. I, I, you can't put a silo inside the fold yet because otherwise, the thing would probably be a very, very thick phone. But yeah, that that was definitely a really nice feature of the Note series where um, you never it was it'd be much harder to lose the S Pen because you could just put it right on in there. So yeah, I almost wonder. I don't know because I I wonder if they should make the device a touch wider. But then I don't know about the ergonomics of it when it's unfolded. Because it's obviously it's either they make it thicker or they make it wider or both. I feel like if they make it, I don't know if the thickness of it right now allows for a, for a pen. The pen would probably be pretty small. But if they widen it, they might that might actually give them the room. But then obviously you widen it when it's, unf- when it's folded, which makes it much wider basically when it's unfolded. And it's already a fairly large device when it's unfolded. It's like a mini tablet. So I don't know if the ergonomics of that would work out, but it's still intriguing, you know, if they could do it. I I would yeah. like to see them make an attempt. Yeah. If it, you know, I'm yeah. sure they've looked at it internally. I'm sure they're thinking about it, but... It'd be kind of cool if they could work out a way to do that. So with S Pen, um, I think it'll be interesting to see um, how you figure out how to use it, whether or not you want to use the Fold in a more professional environment, like if do any any scheduling or whatnot on the on the phone on the phone instead of on computer or whatnot. I have no idea if that's what you'd ever want to do it with, but um, maybe the S Pen will help you out with that aspect. I don't know. Yeah fun all right so the the watch four the last one to talk about is the watch four which is an interesting story because it looks like it is a really weird story because samsung has a ton of influence in a in an operating system they're not making it it feels almost as if like if you were to look at it from a windows perspective it's as if hp came to microsoft and says this is what we want you to do with Windows. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> and Google, in this case, did, whereas Microsoft doesn't. So interesting how basically Wear OS is getting totally re- being rebooted, and Samsung is going to be the first one that gets to have access to it. Right. But you so did not buy a Watch 4. I didn't buy a Watch 4 uh, because I have a Galaxy Watch 3, uh, which I just got last year. It's still working very well, and more importantly, the battery life is very good. The Galaxy Watch 4, unfortunately, it looks like it did carry forward some of the inefficiency that previous Wear OS devices had. So I think there's still work to do on battery life, but the rest of the Galaxy Watch 4 did look very, very intriguing. I liked. Uh, I actually like the feature on the Galaxy Watch 4, not the classic, the Galaxy Watch 4, which takes the rotating bezel idea and makes it digital. So you can actually s- kind of scroll around the edge of the screen in a circular motion to scroll and move around uh, because my Galaxy Watch 3 has that physical rotating bezel, which the classic Galaxy Watch 4 has as well. So there, there, there are some cool features that they've uh put in there um i just i don't and it it is really nice that it uses the google store for apps and stuff now i i I don't think the first iteration nails it for most people i think the next one the the galaxy watch 5 would be better 
it felt like in um, when Google I.O. took place in, I think it was uh, May earlier this year, um, I think we walked away from that thinking that uh, Wear OS 3 was more complete than it actually was, and it looks like this is very much just a pet project that Google and Samsung are still are still workshopping, and it doesn't look like Wear OS 3. It'll be fine. It'll I think it'll definitely be fine, and it'll be probably a good experience, and anyone who gets it will probably enjoy it better than previous generations, but um, at the same time, it does look like there's a lot of work to still be done on it, uh, especially since it's only compatible with Samsung devices right now. So Yeah, there's a lot of features that are tied to the Samsung ecosystem. Yeah. So yeah. it'll... That's interesting. Yeah, I think the next iteration is going to be a better bet than this one. This one is it's a good first attempt, but they didn't nail all aspects, and I think they still have a lot of work to do on battery life. So they'll need to make it more efficient, and then I think it'll be a little bit easier to recommend. The cost is pretty good, though. Like, I saw you mentioned the stainless steel, and it's the cost is pretty good. I am still upset from last year that I came to the realization that in order to get a more fancy Apple Watch, you have to pay literally twice the price. I feel like I'm going to do that again at some point, and I'm going to hate every second of it. But, <laughs> you know, it's really nice that Samsung can... <laughs> You can spend an extra hundred dollars, not an extra, not literally twice the price, and get stainless steel. Just a hundred dollars right. more, you get stainless steel. So yeah, that's that's a fair premium, I think. That's a fair premium. That's it's a uh, steel is much more expensive than aluminum, but it's not literally twice the price of the device. Uh, but yeah, whatever. We'll see if I get an Apple Watch again this year or not. I didn't feel like I should have last year, but I don't know. We, that's a different that's a different it's a, episode so it's a different episode <laughs> yeah i'm very excited about the fact that you got that fold i that is the perfect device um the pixel would have been good this is a great device for you and i have no idea what i'm going to do with the album art but i have a couple weeks to figure <laughs> that out so <laughs> yeah yeah curveball so the, that one's gonna be hard yep so the the fold uh it does not have an sd card slot or a headphone jack but I think the 512 gigabyte uh, option that I chose will help uh, kind of alleviate the SD card part. And I don't really use the headphone jack that much. So I think the rest of the device will more than help balance out those losses. So yeah. I will get that phone. It says by the 27th. So today is the 22nd as we record. So within a week or so, I should have that device and then... Uh, by our next episode, hopefully we'll have some some interesting insights about it. We have so much to talk about on the next episode. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's wrap this up with picks, and yeah. I will start with mine. Go ahead. We got. I don't know if you know this, and I don't really mean to end this episode on a somber note, but uh, Trevor Moore from The Whitest Kids You Know passed away. I think like two weeks ago. I did see that, and. Uh, to celebrate his life, I have been watching a ton of Whitest Kids You Know on YouTube and just around. And he also has some just... Dude, he was so talented. He was such a creative guy. So uh, if you don't know the Whitest Kids You Know, it's probably not everyone's cup of tea. But think... Uh, they were clearly inspired by Monty Python. That's essentially kind of their their stick. But they are obviously... A, they're a little bit more raunchy than Monty Python. And, oh, my God, they, they just, they were so great. He was such a clever guy, and um, mm. I have a lot of links in the show notes for 
some of my favorite skits that he did with either alone or with the whitest kids you know do you remember the gallon of pcp uh skit yeah (laughs) oh my god that that rings so true these days now that we've graduated and we might be you know catching up with old friends and whatnot and that sketch just hit so close because of the <laughs> fact that it's just like, how are you doing today? Wow, it's been so long. And he just nails it right on the head with what it's like <laughs> to catch up with old friends. And obviously in such a weird way where it's a, you know, it's a skit about a gallon of PCP. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll probably end up on a rabbit hole uh, just like you. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, do it. Wow. A gallon. Wow. <laughs> All right, that's my pick. Anything from Trevor Moore. All right. Mine is a little less somber, so that's good. We'll end on a less somber. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Mine is a a place called Bad Axe Throwing. Bad Axe. Um, They have a bunch of different locations. Um, So badaxethrowing.com, if you're interested in this, you can check out the website and see if they have one near you. Uh, and there's there's probably other places that do the same thing. So basically, you go there and it's like a bowling alley, except for throwing axes. <laughs> and nice. uh, I went there with some friends uh, last weekend. Brett, unfortunately, uh, could not come because he is gallivanting around the world. But next time. Washington State. Next yeah. time. Yes. Yes. So basically, you go there and uh, they give you a little training course real quickly and then they set you up and... You grab an axe and you throw it at a target and try to stick the Sick. the axe in the wood target. And it was super fun. And I think I kind of found a hidden talent because, not to brag, but I'm pretty damn good at throwing an axe. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's sick. How, so is it similar to like darts where uh, you're trying to get a bullseye? A little bit, yeah. They had a target up on the wall and, and they had a few rings and then a bullseye. So sick had that night uh they have a couple different ways you can do it they have like a walk-in which gives you like 45 minutes of throwing time and then they have where you can sign up and like register uh for a slot and then you get like two hours oh, wow. and then they have like mini games that you could do for different ways of throwing the axes and they have what they call trick shots which um is not stuff like 360 no scoping or things like that. I was going to say that sounds that's very dangerous, super dangerous, <laughs> <laughs> but it's stuff like underhanded throwing and stuff like that. But Ooh. I would not recommend at all like under the leg types of throws or backwards over the shoulder. Uh, very much would not recommend those, but they no. do have some fun little <laughs> mini games that you can do as trick shots that are that's safe, cool. relatively speaking. <laughs> I mean, you're still throwing an ax. <laughs> yeah. That sounds that sounds fun. That sounds fun. That's a good yeah. way to uh, celebrate turning thirty. I'm turning thirty. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. If you would like to share any feedback, questions, or you have topic suggestions, feel free to let us know on Twitter at Active Discourse. And Continuing a new trend from last time, and if it wasn't obvious already, uh, if you like hearing Brett and I chat about tech, please feel free to subscribe in your podcast app of choice. We're figuring it out. So, um, yeah, it's going to be fun for next time. We just have so much to talk about next time. So Bo's going to have his Galaxy Fold by then. Um, Apple will probably have hosted their iPhone event. And I will have launched uh, Sneaker Tracker. Um, I guess it depends on when we record next time, but 
yeah, uh, a lot to talk about next time. So we'll figure out how exactly to figure that out, whether it's multiple. We spread it out over multiple or whatever. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah, um, next next time is going to be a huge episode. So if you guys have a preferred format, that is exactly the kind of feedback we would love to hear. Hit us up. Yes. Yes. So thanks for listening. See you in the next one. Bye.